Hello, hey, you made it. We made it. It's 2022. Welcome to the Infuse Show. Welcome to the first Infuse Show of 2022. It's going to be in 2022, Year of the Tiger. Or in our little Kenny Powers reality here, it's the Year of the Bulletproof Tiger. And <laughs> I am very, very uh, excited to welcome back Francesca and Mike. Hey, guys. Happy New hey, Year. Hello. Happy, happy New, New Year. Year. Good to Ooh. see the two of you. Yeah, it's great, to see, it's great to see my Kenna family, as it were. Uh, I want to say a, a, a big hello to our friends up at Pro Cannabis Media uh, today. Uh, first time we're giving them a little shout out in 2022. And um, guys, we're here. It's January. It is now uh, deemed National CBD Month. And that's a newer yes, it thing is. in our culture. You know, I, I don't know if we go back five years. I don't think it's in our cultural vernacular to even be using CBD unless we're you know referring to and athletes initials or some kind of, but now we have a national month. And the purpose of that month, when I was reading about it was we want to you know, raise awareness. You know, there's always that, that we have to put that bullet point in there, but basically busting myths and mm -hmm. providing education where cannabis and, or excuse me, where, where CBD and hemp is concerned. So um, as part of our uh, CBD month, I wanted to bring on somebody that I thought would be the perfect guest. We met him up in New York at the CWCB Expo back in November, guys. So I am thrilled to welcome uh, from Eternal Hemp, Andrew Stadelberger is joining us. Andrew, come on in. Drum roll, please. Hey, guys. Yeah. Hey, buddy. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. Thank you guys so much for having me. Look, it's an absolute pleasure uh, for people that didn't uh, check out that special from the show. Andrew was kind enough to join us up in New York and, and uh, our producer, Frank, uh, and I talked to Andrew and um, we, we were just so impressed uh, that we, we met a lot of people uh, from CBD and the hemp industry, but Andrew kind of stood out uh, tall and above them all. So oh, we're, we were grateful for, to have you, you know, talk to us then and we're, we're unbelievably grateful to have you on today. Couldn't be happier uh, to, to be here with you guys. Uh, what a pleasure it was to sit down with you at the CWCB. Uh, what an honor it is to be invited back. I know that uh, this is a, a big podcast where you guys are in pro cannabis media now. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, thanks, man. So, We're super pumped. So. Yeah, we, yes. really, we really appreciate it. Have we had enough time to recover from CWCB Expo? I did. I did. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, I, I met a lot of people, uh, finally mm -hmm. caught up on some emails. Uh, mm -hmm. And yeah, there was even a, a, a bar there. And I had one drink and I think I was hungover for about two days and it gave me the courage <laughs> to come up to you guys and say, hey, it looks like you have a podcast here. Could I come sit down and have a chat with you? So uh, oh, all of it was great. And yeah. Yeah, we had a good we had a good time. It was it, it, it was a blur, though. I mean, it, those shows are always I mean, you were walking the show. Just walking the show is 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 a is brutal enough. But yeah, it was it was a it was a really good uh, three days for us. Yeah, it was a sensory overload, a lot to see, a lot to walk through, a lot of people to say hi to. But uh, I mean, talk about standing out. You guys stood out, had children above ah. everybody else. So. Oh, thank it you. Was, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Com we had something in common, Andrew. We also. Yeah found a bar in new york city <laughs> so, yeah we another thing it's amazing they're rare yeah it's hard they're rare in new york city if you yeah, can find the, them you're lucky the unofficial sponsor of infused is uh, rudy's bar and grill on 44th and 9th yeah uh, still, still owe me some steely dan tunes on the jukebox i don't know what the hell happened there i don't know what happened but andrew um i wanted to i wanted to get right into this and talk about the path you carved getting into this industry. Um, tell us a little bit about your background because it's it's one of my uh, one of the most interesting stories I, I've I've read about, and I'd like to to hear it from you. Thanks. Uh, my personal background. Well, uh, I'll start right after college. Let's say I was a mm -hmm. communications major at Villanova, uh, graduate in two thousand eight, and I think that. Uh, that was the beginning of my actual professional journey, of course, for a lot of people, uh, it is. Uh, I'd come from an improv background. Uh, my whole entire life has essentially been some amalgamation of find what your passion is and just chase that, whatever it means. If it means you're interested in music and you want to work at a music studio and you find whatever job you can get in to get your foot in the door, that's the type of philosophy I've had. So uh, I graduated school, spent a quick minute at CNN in the uh, broadcast journalism space, uh, for about a week and a half during the time where actually Barack Obama got elected, which is really interesting to see. Nice. Uh, but then I quickly moved into the ad space. So I worked at a an agency now called Havas. It used to be called Euro RCG. Mm -hmm. uh, they were known for a lot of the international Jaguar commercials. They invented the most interesting man, Dos Equis, uh, and a whole ah. host of others, Exxon and whatnot. Um, so I spent a lot of time there. Uh, I was about 
for about a year and a half, I was on the new business team pitching new business. We actually won the Heineken account, Heineken lights, some really interesting things. Wow. Um, but then I kept uh, feeling like there was something else I wanted to do. Uh, I was offered a job at an animation studio and really quickly I became an executive producer uh, running uh, for the most part, the production effort there. Uh, that is a fast paced environment. Uh, you are not sleeping. You are sleeping on couches. If you do, uh, don't get caught <laughs> sleeping on those couches. Uh, and it's pretty intense, but it was really interesting. And at a very young age in my mid twenties, uh, I was running a major animation studio uh, in the heart of New York, feeling very successful, but feeling uh, a little bit spiritually empty and a little bit burned out. Uh, probably around 2015, 2016. I know exactly when it was. I don't know why I'm saying probably. Uh, <laughs> I moved into being a president, uh, becoming president of the Music Playground, which is a, uh, a music house uh, coming out of New York, which services the advertising industry. Some of the work that they've done are those Hershey's commercials with the little bells yeah. uh, back in the day, the Chase Freedom commercials that were all okay. black and white back in the day. Uh, recently won a couple of awards and uh, that was a great experience. But once again, uh, feeling burnt out. It's something that I'm interested in, but not necessarily something I'm feeling passionate about. So what I've always done is just try to uh, follow my passion because at the end of the day, time on this earth is finite. And if you're not doing what you love, then what's the point of doing anything at all? Uh, so I decided that despite uh, making decent money and feeling pretty fulfilled in that sense, uh, I was about, it was about time for me to find something else. Uh, that was interesting and cannabis has always been one of those things. In fact, I was looking at uh, cannabis and anything that might tie into the environment. Uh, a few opportunities came that way and I have a connection to one of the partners at Eternal Hemp. Uh, started speaking to a couple of CBD hemp uh, marijuana companies and Eternal Hemp seemed to have it together. Uh, I like their mission. I like their team a lot. Uh, I've mentioned this before, but I'm always trying to surround myself with people who are smarter than me. And I found myself in a room uh, speaking to Eternal Hemp uh, with the partners, at least, uh, with people who are smarter than me. Um, mm -hmm. So I decided that I was going to throw everything I had into this, all my time, uh, put a little capital into it. And now I am the marketing director uh, at Eternal Hemp Farms. Wow. So what's the what has been the biggest difference between a marketing director role and your roles in advertising and, um, you know, that kind of promotion, because I feel like there's a lot of crossover. Obviously you got a marketing position. I'm sure you're mm -hmm. using what you used in the advertising space, but is, is there significant crossover? Is there significant differences? Yes to both actually really interesting. You ask. Um, absolutely. So I would say that my role in, uh, the music houses, the animation houses that have run were more managerial to start. Uh, so mm -hmm. I had my hands in a little bit of everything. Um, I was overseeing marketing. I was overseeing client relations. I was overseeing sales, overseeing production and creative, but I was not necessarily getting as hands-on. Um, so I knew how to direct after a while, but uh, those you know softer skills with the clients that I, I, I would, basically I was trying to harness more softer skills, but also learn as much as I could about design and coding and things that would actually push the company forward, understanding how social works so I can help guide that effort. Uh, and now I'm actually executing on it myself. So mm -hmm. in more established industries where you have more of a team around you, underneath you, uh, and the support team, now you're learning all these skills by yourself. So maybe something that might have taken an hour to put together for a flyer for someone, uh, a creative director, or, or even maybe just an artist, an assistant artist, now takes me about three days mm -hmm. uh, because I'm learning the, pro uh, the program. I'm learning uh, all the design rules. I have an idea of where I'm going, but I might necess not necessarily have uh, the background to execute on it. However, mm -hmm. uh, this whole experience has been incredible because there's also part of me that knows exactly what I'm doing, knows that <laughs> if yeah. I need to put enough time into learning a skill or something like that, I can do that. Um, so it's very different in the sense that I'm doing a lot of this myself. Uh, it's a time management challenge as well, because now I have to sort out where I'm very great with my schedule and time. Now there's a lot more variables in the different tasks, tasks I have to do. Uh, everything is a bit unestablished, so I need to establish systems. Uh, and processes and best practices and standard operating procedures. Um, but to your point also, it is very similar. Uh, mm -hmm. We are talking about playing the same game. Advertising is essentially, how do I get you interested in my product? Marketing is getting you uh, to pay attention to it. Um, mm -hmm. How do we tell a story? Do we have a team or a mission or uh, a product that's speaking to people out there? How do we get that out there? Uh, and I think a lot of those principles do cross over despite it being in a bit of a different space, uh, regulatory uh, area and whatnot. Um, but it is a wild ride, a really exciting ride. And I'm able to use basically every single skill that I picked up along the way, uh, oh, including wow. we were talking offline about uh, Nick and I have an improv experience 
uh, if I use anything uh, in this industry. It's actually the improv experience. It's interpersonal relationships. It's listening, wow. understanding, uh, being open to anything uh, that might come your way. Um, so it's a little bit different, but also very much the same. Can't think of a more important skill in cannabis in general than the flexibility uh, <laughs> that improv teaches you to have and being able to yeah. go with whatever is thrown at you. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, everything will change on a dime. Uh, regulations will change on a dime, what you're allowed to say and what you're not. Uh, new products, mm -hmm. innovation, it's happening so fast. Right, um, yeah. And I, I you know Nick and I were also talking about this before in such a new Ignatian industry, I think the responsibilities incumbent upon the early entrance uh, to set the yeah. tone properly um, and, and give thoughtful, decent messaging in terms of influencing advertising. Um, I'd see a lot out there, uh, mm. especially getting more and more into the social media uh, holes of the industry. Um, there are a lot of people out there who are giving different messages and, and uh, presenting themselves in different ways. I think uh, what we want to do here is present ourselves as what we are. Um, we, we want to present ourselves at the caliber of what our team is and what our mission is and our product too. Um, so yeah, there, there's a lot to be aware of, a lot to be adapting to and with, uh, but we feel like we're pretty well versed for that. Andrew, you, I think you told me uh, you've been in this role for about a year, a little bit less than a year, if I sure. remember right. Yep. Just so what is it that the one thing that you never expected would be like in your life, in this new hemp life that you're in? coming from your traditional, you know, big city advertising to now you're in a smaller company uh, where you have to wear multiple hats and you don't mm -hmm. have staff as you were describing. What's something that really kind of took you by surprise that you weren't expecting that's maybe been a pleasant surprise or maybe been kind of a, a unpleasant, unpleasant surprise. surprise. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but it's, you've kind of really, you shifted not only industries, but shifted types of companies, which isn't easy. And and you seem to have handled it very well. And, and I'm really always fascinated by that and interested into what types of things you're encountering, good and bad. Sure. Um, I would say in terms of like the challenging, because I don't know if this is necessarily bad, but I have been involved in capital raises. And I think one of the things that's really surprising is for someone like myself, who uh, has been a medical patient uh, for a little bit and does have experience with the plant, uh, you get a little bit tunnel vision and assume that everybody else has the same experience that you do. Um, and when we're talking about some, in our opinion, uh, really viable financial plays, uh, you find that you actually do have to start at step one with everybody and educate uh, even on the difference between hemp and marijuana or mm. what is hemp at all because all they know is marijuana. Uh, the learning curve is pretty significant. Uh, and I would say that did, that did catch me by surprise. That does present an opportunity uh, for us as a team, myself as a marketer, to establish ourselves as uh, you know center for education. And I think that is one place that I'm definitely looking to build upon right now that we've established who we are. Uh, now we want to be able to actually give something to the people um, who are following us on social media or following along with their story uh, in terms of this is what is great about this plant. This is why we're so excited about our product, about the crop that we're growing. Um, surprising on the good side, uh, let me see. I will say this. Um, in the advertising industry, <laughs> in the in advertising industry from which I come, uh, cannabis is not scarce whatsoever. Uh, I actually think it's going to be really interesting once you start seeing THC products legal for mass at scale advertising uh, and these larger ad agencies um, come up and actually become the AOR for a lot of these major companies and corporations. Uh, we're going to see a lot of great work. Uh, but I will say that it's very much still a stigma uh, product. Mm -hmm. all over the place, even in a very, um, I'm using air quotations for the people at home not being able to see me right now, uh, more of a liberal industry, although mm -hmm. we do see uh, cannabis as an apolitical uh, issue at this point in America, it's actually not an issue. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, we, we, uh, we're, we're, I'm finding that in this industry, it is easier than I thought to establish yourself because it's a little bit earlier on in the game. I thought this was more of a mature industry in a lot of ways it very much is in terms of innovation, a lot of companies you're seeing out there, but it's a smaller industry than I thought. Um, mm -hmm. And it's easier to make a mark than uh, originally I thought of when in, in entering the space, because I know that there's a lot of mature markets out there. Uh, California is one of the major ones. Colorado, of course, is one of them. Uh, but on the East Coast, we're seeing that this is still an Asian industry, uh, more so than I expected. So that uh, represents a lot of opportunity for us. And that was pretty surprising. Um, but I would also say that for us to easily be able to carve out more of a corporate message in this space was a surprise to me. I was thinking a lot uh, of people who were going to be trying to uh, take over that space or at least occupy that space from the marketing perspective. And uh, I'm not seeing a ton of competition out there. I'd like to, 
Um, I think it would help drive the uh, industry forward in a lot of ways. Uh, there is, like I said, a lot of stigma against the crop, uh, even in my side of it, which is hemp. And for anybody at home who might not know the difference, uh, hemp is just defined as a cannabis plant with below 0.3% uh, THC. So really what we're talking about is very much shades of the same crop, um, but something a little bit different. So uh, I, I think we're finding ourselves in a really good space there. And uh, that was a surprise to me. Well, I told you know you said uh, a, a few moments ago. You know, you, one of the things I'm, I'm so happy you gravitated towards your passion or passions, uh, and one of the things that drew you towards Eternal Hemp was how well put together they were, right? Um, sure. And that's why Francesca and Mike, you probably know why I wanted to have Andrew sit down and talk to us. He was the, one of the guy at a trade show, didn't come up to me and try to palm me a nugget, uh, didn't like try to hit me with a tchotchke <laughs> or a frisbee or something. It was just, let's have a conversation. And we had, we had a great conversation. And, I, and again, that was just my the beginning of me learning how well uh, put together and how uh, well represented Eternal Hemp is. So Andrew, I wanted to kind of steer us uh, towards Eternal Hemp for a moment. And, and could you tell us how, how your, your company came to be? Sure. Um, we have two co-founders, Michael Brown and Ashish Katana, both come from the tech and finance world respectively, and both have dabbled. Uh, in real estate, and they had met a couple years back uh, with this idea that opportunity zones uh, were going to be interesting, an interesting play for the real estate market. Uh, and to give a little bit of education on what an opportunity zone is, there was uh, a co-sponsored bill by Cory Booker, and I'm so sorry, I forgot the name of the other senator, uh, Republican senator from uh, one of these southern states, come together on a bill uh, during the Trump administration called the Opportunity Zone Bill, which designated basically the bottom I believe 20% of income generating areas as opportunity zones. If you are to build a business or house in an opportunity zone and you hold on to it for more than 10 years, uh, there's significant tax benefits. So basically it incentivizes uh, um, economies to be coming to places where those economies might not necessarily, business and commerce might be coming to those places where they might not have been before. Uh, we like this for two reasons. One, uh, there's a financial benefit to us, but two, like I said, it's incumbent upon the early uh, entrance into an industry to uh, be decent actors in the space. So we're looking to get back and we think this is a decent opportunity, especially because not only are we in the hemp space, but we're in the vertical farming space, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, that means agriculture comes closer to areas where agriculture jobs were not produce is easier and cheaper to acquire because it's now being grown closer to cultural or, or population centers and things like that. Mm -hmm. So we see a lot of opportunities to do good by doing well, do well by doing good. <laughs> No, Michael's going right. to kill me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michael's going to kill gonna me. And I'm not sure if we're doing well. <laughs> great, great. I'm going to give him a shout after and apologize. Um, but that's exactly what it is. And we're, we're, we're excited to be able to do that. So, yeah. That's fantastic. You guys are completely vertical indoor, correct? We are. That's fantastic. And is it always been like that? Or did you guys start outdoor? Or was that from the onset was that always kind of the mission and the vision of the organization is to really kind of push technology and innovation and take advantage of the indoor um you know capability especially on the east coast where weather can be extreme high low temperatures hurricanes storms and, you know it's, it's not easy being outdoor yeah well i mean we're, we're looking at this uh kind of in two levels the first is uh and and one of the reasons i think our business model is really brilliant is because it starts from a financially uh, sound and prudent point of view, and then it kind of extends out into ways that we can help benefit both the industry and the communities at large. Um, we identified indoor farming uh, primarily because the in the hemp market, um, the higher price points are going uh, to contracts of people who are growing indoors. The reason is it's because you can grow pesticide free. Um, it's more reliable. You're not worried about weather. You can grow year round. Um, if you are isolating certain rooms and uh, building different grows like we are, you can actually stagger them to be able yeah. to produce uh, all year round. So first we started with indoor growing because we knew that was a higher price point. We wanted to be in personal consumption. We're not gonna be putting anything out there for personal consumption uh, that has any pesticides. And now we're basically contributing to more of what we're seeing out there. Uh, we wanted to stay organic and clean. And then on top of that, uh, we decided, well, we can grow up because we've got all this space. Um, so we grow about 16 uh, feet high, about eight stacks in the air. And we are actually able to grow more densely uh, than outdoor and greenhouse grows because the intensity of the light and the angles uh, mean that we can actually fit more plants in there. So it was a scalability uh, thing mm -hmm. too for us. It was not only just growing indoor because we'd have the best uh, quality product, 
but we're able to scale pretty quickly. And I think what's really interesting, and I think we might want to get into this a little bit later about our, uh, our farm, is it's completely modular. I mean, it works with pumping water in and out, uh, filtration, water, temperature management, but just like Legos, massive Legos, we can pop this thing right off. We can move it into a new place, a new room, new farm. Uh, and that's exactly what we're doing is moving to a new farm in New Jersey at the moment. And we did find out that our system, which is uh, both scalable, it's both scalable and stackable, uh, really modular and easy to work with. So uh, it made sense for us in, in a number of different ways. So is Eternal Hemp's like differentiation, is it based on, is it founded in that vertical farming or is there, what is it about Eternal Hemp that makes them different than every other millions of hemp farms, you know, and hemp grown in the United States? How is it better? Why would I buy Eternal Hemp produced products or Eternal Hemp, you know, product? Yeah, uh, well, absolutely. And that's a great question. Uh, one, I would say in terms of personal consumption, just to start with, uh, if you're looking to put anything in your body, we want it to be pesticide free and organic. So I'd be looking at the indoor space to start. But if, especially if you're on the East Coast, uh, I think Eternal Hemp is a great place to look because uh, we're pretty local. We're right there. We're growing uh, with all natural ingredients. Uh, you can come find us, check out our farm. Uh, we'll take you around, show us exactly how we grow. Um, we are pretty much an open book in terms of the team. Uh, who we are, our backgrounds, uh, a lot of the experience that we have. Uh, our head grower has about 25 years of experience. If anybody knows the name, Matt Brewer, he, uh, his name is uh, pretty golden in the industry as far as I can tell. My first conversation with him, he dropped the names Pablo Escobar, Jack Nicholas, and uh, George Bush as people he's come across uh, in his day. Somehow, the most inter- you want to talk about the most interesting man of the world. Yes, uh, our head grower is one of the most interesting men of the world. Um, his so like we're dinner open... party, his like COVID <laughs> dinner party group yeah. or something. <laughs> I mean, just people he's met along the way. But yeah, maybe maybe to that effect. Too. I'm wondering who he's having dinner with tonight. Um, but to my point, uh, we we're a pretty open book in terms of our caliber, uh, what our mission is, how we're growing, what we're growing, uh, everything we've grown. Of course, you've got the COAs on the website. Um, so I'd say give us a shout. The other reason is because uh, we're looking to do well by doing good. Uh, we have a social equity program. If you're looking to both enjoy your hemp, but give back to society, we do have a couple of programs that we're pretty proud of. Uh, one that I personally asked to uh, implement was for every hundred uh, pounds of hemp that we grow, we're going to grow one pound of produce, uh, give it away to local communities. I think that's really important. Food insecurity yes. is something that should not exist in this world. Uh, and then the second one uh, is something that you'll see a lot more on our website and that we're pushing out there more and more because we're currently implementing that, which is our social equity program as far as uh, recidivism goes. So we think the recidivism rate in this country is way too high for anybody who doesn't know what recidivism is. It's the rate at which uh, incarcerated individuals actually end up back in prison. So we're finding from our studies, 1.8 million, uh, 180,000, excuse me, Americans are incarcerated per year, uh, 50% of them uh, are let out within three years and of them, 50% go back into jail. So our, we're thinking that, uh, and it seems to be pretty common sense that, you know, if we are able to supply jobs to people, have uh, people uh, provide a reason or an ability to uh, bring home money, have some sort of a, a financial uh, situation to lean on, then it'll be easier for them to uh, avoid the prison system. Again, most uh, crimes are crimes of need in our opinion. I think it's common sense that uh, providing uh, jobs, education, skills, training is what will keep people out of jail. And I think we're over incarcerated. This isn't even a political issue at this point. And yes. I do think that, you know, it's not necessarily a novel idea. We're seeing um, some great work being brought out by uh, the Last Prisoner Project. I think that there's other companies out there that are doing similar things. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of this industry for picking up that flag in the mantle. Yeah. Illinois has an interesting, has a really interesting um, piece of that in their social equity mm-hmm. program for cannabis. I was really impressed when I heard um, the woman, I forget her name, speaking on it at the, at the last show that I went to at um, any can show in Chicago. So I love to see that because we certainly know that, um, you know, users of cannabis in, in particular, people of color that use cannabis before legality or even during it are incarcerated at a much higher rate and very unnecessarily. And so it's it's exciting to see that there's now a, using that same kind of, that same plant and that same product, a, a path back from that and, and into um, a kind of legitimacy and establishment that, that keeps you from being in a, a part of a system that's just there to you know, incarcerate and subjugate basically. So I, I love that you guys are doing that. Um, is that going to be, 
focus on in Jersey and Delaware? Like how, when you say local, how local are you talking? Wherever we are. Um, okay. So if, so we're not exactly allowed to see where we're moving our farm to at the moment, or I'm not authorized to at the moment uh, in South Jersey, but uh, that area will be well taken care of uh, the surrounding towns uh, as best we can. We want to be a, a, an active part of the community. Uh, you know, the, the drug war, the ills of the drug war can't be undone, but we can do better starting mm-hmm. now. Um, mm-hmm. So if we are moving to, you know, let's say we move back to Wilmington, Delaware, which we do have a great, great, great relationship with the Department of Agriculture there. We really appreciate all the work that we've been able to do together. We do look to hopefully uh, move back at some point um but yeah we uh yeah in our local communities we're going to be looking to provide as much equity as we can both in jobs um and anything else where we can give back and that's just the beginning for us yeah andrew i really applaud you guys for doing that it's something i see a lot of hemp companies and cbd companies will have things on their websites where they'll say hey you know pick a cause and you get five dollars we'll go towards it and it's like a monetary donation and that's great that they're supporting organizations but you guys are going above and beyond that with your programs and i, and I, I knew about the um you know the employees and helping people to to get jobs and to have some meaningful work uh when they're out of prison but the also to give food back to the community and to utilize your, mm-hmm. your existing infrastructure for the good of the communities. I wasn't aware of that one. So I was pleased to hear that. And, and on both fronts, it's really great to see it. This isn't just a monetary donation. You guys are putting your, your money where your mouth is or your mouth where your money is or whichever way that wants to go. But <laughs> I don't know about that last one. <laughs> well, good mouth <laughs> money. Cut it, Frank, edit that out. But, um, <laughs> but you guys are, you guys are doing it. You're, you're, yeah. you're putting the work in and, and standing behind your words. And that's, that's impressive. And I really, really applaud you and your team and, and your co-founders for putting that sort of stuff in place. I appreciate that. And you know, one of the most interesting, interesting things to me about the whole situation is because this uh, social equity, this particular social equity program predates me, um, is that if you ask any of the co-founders or any of the team members who the returning citizens are, we're not going to tell you. Um, there are companies out there doing what we're doing, and then they ask the returning citizens to give a speech at every single function that they're at, identifying themselves and reliving the trauma of whatever mm-hmm. it is they went through. Good for um, you, man. That, that benefits nobody but the actual company um, that is, has that person on display. We don't do that. This is a legitimate you. play to do better, do well by doing good. So uh, I was really impressed with our co-founders for making sure that was established early on as well. This is the real deal, in my opinion. Yeah, not the performative, you know, look at me, give me some accolades as a company because I'm doing so much. Yeah, it's actually just just doing it. That's yeah, the exactly. difference. Yeah. Just do it. Yep. Well done. I, you know, There's a catchphrase, I, just do it. <laughs> I think anybody's using it. We should we should snag that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as it's not get her done. I don't know why I can't. I still can't hear that. Um, Andrew, I, I don't want to get away from, I wanted to make sure I asked this because uh, you're moving a farm. And uh, man, it sucks. Like, I hope, I hope you do come back to Wilmington. It'd be great to have eternal hemp as neighbors again. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad you have a uh, good contact. If you have any contact with Del Dot, who does our roads, <laughs> we, we could use some help there. Um, <laughs> but as far, as far as moving a farm is concerned, when, when you told me that in your email, I was like, oh my God, to me, that seems like the most daunting of challenges. Um, mm-hmm. it, How's that go? How, do, how does that work? And, and what is it? What has it taught you about your your model of farming? Well, I can tell you it's the most daunting of challenges. Uh, <laughs> it is absolutely kind of a headache uh, in that we were, uh, we're we're feeling really good about our, our system and our farm. Uh, and to be completely candid, part of the reason or major of the reason we're, we're moving away from it is because we're getting into, at least from our point of view, ancillary products. Uh, we call them Lucy's. We can talk about them uh, later on. But one of Definitely. them is actually in the Delta A space. Uh, which you cannot cultivate in Delaware. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of us are Jersey guys. I think three out of four of us are Jersey guys uh, oh. for, uh, for now, forever, for always. Um, so, you know, <laughs> moving for moving over there is something that we've uh, thought about would eventually happen uh, in our business model. Uh, initially, it was uh, moving over there within about three or four years. Uh, it would be an additional farm, but uh, we saw a great opportunity, um, some very clear and present opportunities to get into the ancillary products in the retail business. So we're moving over there. Uh, the process of moving over there has been, it's not fun. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to act yeah. like we were able to snap our fingers, uh, wave a wand, and then we're moving. Uh, there's a lot of engineering that went into this. So there's a lot of reverse engineering that goes into this. Uh, the farm was built before I was there. Um, so I'm helping take it down, uh, learning a lot. I mean, one of the great things, especially when I was like eight years old, my brother, uh, who's a bit older than me, uh, works in software business, would actually have me 
pull together computers and put them together again so I can understand how these pieces work. Uh, the same theory holds true for the system. And like I said, it's completely modular. Uh, if you go on our website, eternalhemp.com, E-T-E-R-N-E-L hemp.com, you'll see a lot of videos of how our system actually works. Uh, and you can imagine how it's actually stacked on top of it and put together. Um, so taking it down and moving it has been a bit of a headache, but uh, we think it's all gonna be worth it. And it goes to prove uh, that our model is very scalable as we had thought. Uh, we yeah. never had to take it down and put it back together before. So this is a you know forced opportunity for us in that sense. Um, but it's <laughs> working out really well. <laughs> opportunity yeah. in the corporate nice sense, right? Yeah. Thank you very much. No, I come from advertising. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, might, yeah. Um, so were you guys so down? Like did manufacturing stop or uh, you know growing for a while so you could get all this stuff moved? Or were you able to do it kind of in stages so you could continue to grow some? Or how did that work? That to me is the uh, challenge and, and candidly, it's the heartbreaking part for me. So uh, we were able to get through our first grow and prove that the model worked and it was successful and our plants are beautiful and our clients okay. are really liking the product that we put out there. We're able to take some of that product and put it into our ancillary products too. So we're very happy with that. Um, but unfortunately, as far as the farm, uh, as long as the farm is uh, in a storage container and on its way to New Jersey, which it currently is right at the moment, like literally as we speak, uh, we're not going to be growing anything, which is also part of why we're very happy about our ancillary products, because those are going to be continuing to bring in revenue for us. We're getting mm -hmm. great feedback on it, uh, able to create uh, some new brands and launch some new things while we have this uh, other, uh, our, our core business basically revamping in a new spot and new area where we think there's a lot of opportunity here. I mean, we saw at the CWCB Expo, everybody's from Jersey and New York. Um, mm -hmm. So I think it's a, a decent opportunity for us to establish ourselves. But to your point, we love Delaware. We absolutely <laughs> love Delaware. Uh, if and when we can expand back and have a CBD uh, hemp only grown business, uh, we will certainly do that. We love the Department of AG. Um, the local communities have been great. Goodwill, shout out to Goodwill. You guys are fantastic. Um, so we hopefully we'll be back if we can. Awesome. That's really cool. Andrew, give us a sense of like the total product mix that you guys have. I know you, you've got some kind of core products and you have some new things coming out. Um, you know, what is it we can, as consumers, we can look for from Eternal Farms or Eternal Hemp? Um, get excited consumers uh so we are uh, our core business is a b2b business um we grow whole scale hemp uh we are grow our, our favorite strain at the moment is goliath hemp uh, we've got cherry wine and meritage also which we like a lot um and those are being sold to genetics companies major distributors so on and so forth um, but in terms of the retail space and our uh, b2c are actually consumer facing products uh if you guys don't mind me i hope it's cool to hold this up these are not crayons please do please these do. are lucy's uh, these are our cute Lucy's. little new uh, individually wrapped. I don't think you guys can see it. Uh, I'll shoot you pictures and maybe we can post it online. <laughs> I'm already following the, Lucy's, I'm following the Lucy's uh, Instagram page already. Looking good. Looking good. You are ever, ever so kind. Um, so we've got these uh, individually wrapped cigarettes and cigars uh, called Lucy's. It's a callback to back in the day and maybe even sometimes right now if you go to a convenience store um, or a bodega or something to the effect, ask for Lucy. They'll sell you a single cigarette. Uh, we have single, uh, individually wrapped and packaged cigarettes uh, and blunts, and I think they look great. The appetite appeal is really interesting. We're getting uh, amazing feedback on the draw. And if you don't mind me saying, uh, this is my personal opinion and not the opinion of anybody else, except for some of the people who have actually tried our products. Um, I'm seeing hemp on the scale of cannabis in terms of the effect, uh, being honest, in terms of the psychoactive effect, being closer to a one, two, or three. Uh, rather than what we might feel if we hit the wrong blunt at the wrong time, seven, eight, or nine paranoia. Um, this is a really interesting way, uh, Francesca, I know that you mentioned back, uh, you can't wait to be able to say that it is culturally appropriate to sit down with a joint and a glass of wine. Um, we think this product is something that's going to make it a little bit easier for people to do that, uh, a little easier for you to sit down and not lose your head necessarily, um, but find a product that's basically in any store. Um, luckily, the federal government has allowed us to put together such a product and we think that it's going to be very popular it's already very popular at the moment so are you guys looking to move these products yourselves or are you getting distributors are you going into you know will i be able to walk into any bodega in you know a year or so and get lucy's um you know what is kind of the the plan here are you saying east coast national i have a lot of questions 
Sure. I mean, God willing, God willing, you'll be able to walk in. Yeah. I mean, listen, if I have my way, you'll be able to walk into any corner store bodega and pick up a Lucy. Um, I'm hoping that's the case. Uh, We are looking at distributors. We do have some relationships. We've already made a couple of really interesting sales that we're excited about. Um, Our product will be popping up in the South, but also our product just so happens to be popping up anywhere that I am at the Jersey Shore uh, recently. So we're very excited about that. Um, We are speaking to um, some potential partners who might be able to sell some stuff. I don't know if you guys have heard of the sales joint. Uh, we're very excited to have a conversation <laughs> with them uh, because we like what they do and we like their team a lot. Um, so we're looking at every avenue and every opportunity. I mean, I'm going hand-to-hand combat. I have uh, a lot of experience back in the advertising space uh, yeah. of just taking one client after another, after dinner, after lunches, having a coffee, just stopping by, uh, seeing people at trade shows and, and any other types of industry functions. Uh, so we're finding every way that we can to try to get ourselves into stores uh, and distribute, but we're also online. We put up a, a Shopify driven store recently. So you can find our product right now at getlucies.com, get L-O-O-S-I-E-S.com uh, and find it and we'll send it to you right away. Um, we are also running a promotion on our Instagram. If you take a picture of you using Lucy's uh, and we repost it, we'll send you some free product. So uh, to answer your question, yeah, we're, we're, we're hoping to be everywhere as soon as we can right now. We're, uh, we're finding a lot of success in the South and, in Jersey, we're hoping to expand past that. Right. So soon we'll be seeing the boss with a with the Lucy. Is that we what you're telling so. me? We hope so. born, born to run with it. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I meant to compliment you right away. And it's here in my damn notes. Yep. And, and I, I went right by it because we just get we, we were having a great talk. I went, meant to compliment everything as far as your logo, uh, the color choice. The way that your Instagram at Eternal Hemp uh, is working, the way that this Lucy's page, everything looks so great. And and Mike, uh, something you appreciate, uh, not an ounce of green. You know how we I go know. to we go to the trade shows and everything is green, 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 green. green. Uh, man, I, I I just I dig I dig the whole vibe of Eternal Hemp. So I so appreciate that. Uh, that's on purpose, and it's one of those things where I've probably stayed awake at night a couple times uh, years before I actually joined the team, thinking if I had my own strain or company or line, what would I do with it? I think all of us have probably done that at one point. I know we've had discussions about oh, that, yeah. or we've had discussions <laughs> about that before. No. Uh, and in my mind, you know, I want to, and this is, you know, just classic advertising 101, David Ogilvy stuff. Uh, if everybody is in green and everybody is showing leaves, uh, why would you do the same and try to compete in that space? We want to differentiate still ourselves. So, yeah. So our logo actually, uh, are, uh, it involves three tiers. I don't know uh, if anybody can pull it up right now as they're listening on Instagram or anything like that. Uh, but basically we have, yeah, we have three lines on top of each other and supposed to represent uh, the pink light at the begin- or at the top of our system. Uh, the green, the green-ish middle uh, mm-hmm. are supposed to represent the plants and the bottom uh, it's actually water. We're a hydroponic system. We actually create a living soil. There is no soil uh, in anything that we're using right now. So we want it to be representative of the system. Uh, we wanted to come off uh, clean and corporate to make sure that our presentation matches our caliber and exactly what we're doing. I think we've done that. Uh, and then appreciate uh, your feedback on the Lucy side. Uh, I, you guys have talked about vulnerability before. I don't mind being vulnerable and, and letting you know. I'm still trying to figure out what the uh, vision is there, uh, what the direction is. We know the product's great. We know we want to mm-hmm. stay in some sort of an Americana. Uh, we want the uh, vision and the presentation to extend itself in terms of like the cleanliness of the product, uh, the accountability of who is putting that product across. Um, but I'm also dabbling in shit posting. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, I, to take a return from Reddit, why not post a bunch of memes? Why not get people engaged? Uh, this is a completely different product and product offering. Uh, and I think we're allowed to have a little bit more fun with it. So I'm Absolutely. experimenting with that as best I can, trying to figure out where the lines are, um, yeah. experimenting with even where do I post what hashtags with time. Uh, there's yeah. a lot that we can learn from this. So uh, that's what we're doing. I appreciate the uh, the compliment on that. The, that and the website too. We, Nick didn't mention that one. I know we we talked about it prior as a team. Like the website is really solid. It's real professional. A lot of uh great just user interface it's very very informative so that was well done as well so you guys really are putting a solid presence forward uh to match the product too so that's that's very consistent and, and well done thank yeah. you I, I yeah i absolutely appreciate that the the goal with the website was to have everything you need and nothing you don't uh, i don't want to lose anybody's attention, that's a good website to... <laughs> exactly exactly but i want to put the product forward and i wanted to you know, match what we feel like we're doing here. So if you check out our website, we also produced about eight or nine explainer videos. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the benefits of my coming from the advertising industry is I have a lot of great contacts, great friends, 
uh, all of whom were very talented and, and may or may not have been very generous with the discount uh, when we first started this <laughs> thing. Um, but we, we knocked some interviews out of the park, put together some great explainer content just so uh, anybody who wants to know where we are, or who we are, uh, if you're checking us out at three in the morning and you're not able to pick up the phone and have a chat with you, um, you know, there's an evergreen video that'll explain everything that we're doing. And we're pretty proud of that too. Great. Very good. Yeah, it's it's tough because, and I feel like hemp is is particularly hard, but all of cannabis truly is difficult to educate on. And, and you said, you know, the biggest focus is education, which we are all about. Nick and I were both teachers in the past. And so we, we love education as the foundation of any kind of sales efforts, marketing efforts, advertising efforts. But when you're restricted by those platforms, upon which you're supposed to reach people to mm -hmm. educate them. And you can't say what the effects are of the hemp or of the CBD or, you know, the cannabinoids of all of that, then that makes your job so much more difficult. And sure. suddenly you have to say it without actually saying it. And so you're, I was just wondering in your experience in advertising and marketing and all of that, and now your experience of this limited um, way of being able to educate have you been able to get creative with it? Are you saying less? Are you putting it where it can be? What are your mm -hmm. kind of workarounds to make sure that you're fulfilling your mission and also not getting, um, you know, banned and blacklisted from, you know, those medical complaint. those big guys? Yeah. <laughs> sure, that's an sure. important I mean, question. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a hell of a needle to try to thread, and the way that I'm yeah. looking about it is. Uh, I'm looking at it like I'm going to throw everything up against the wall and see what sticks and what gets rejected. Um, so for instance, uh, it's very clear, I think, did TikTok just overtake Google as the most or or one of, or might have overtake, it might be, have become probably. one of the most think, used yeah. apps there is, right? Right. So, uh, you know, stands a reason that we should probably get on TikTok. I feel like we have um, some decent entertaining uh, content. There's a lot of stuff that we can do on that. And I was pretty surprised to find uh, that that was a complete non-starter uh, having the word hemp in our uh, TikTok yeah, handle, yeah. probably wasn't that helpful, uh, but I was even trying things to the effect of, let's just talk about investing in hemp. Let's make it clear that we're not talking about marijuana or anything illicit, uh, but still mm -hmm. that was a non-starter. So uh, moving over to Instagram, we're finding similar uh, issues. I think everybody's on yeah. social media. Uh, we can Facebook talk about too. Google, yeah. exactly. And Google AdWords and things like that, that yep. um, people use. But for the most part, we're, we're basically trying to establish ourselves on Instagram and Facebook uh, because we know that's where a lot of people are. That's where a lot of conversations are happening. And that's where we're allowed to. Um, yeah. So, you know, the, the other side of this double-edged sword is if you're not able to be on TikTok, that means the entire industry is a little bit more condensed into another platform uh, if they're in those platforms. So that in, the, in and of itself is an opportunity. I think there's uh, freedom with restriction because you know what the boundaries are. You just have to figure out what those boundaries are. But we're trying to get around that. Uh, the, re the way we're doing that is uh, we will repost uh, great content from anyone that we're following that we think are putting together uh, sensible uh, information and, and uh, content pieces uh, in terms of cannabis education. If I could give a shout out to Jersey Plant Babe, hugely uh, such a big fan. I'm talking yeah. about responsible consumption, uh, responsible usage, um, myths, uh, education, anything basically that, uh, you know, a lot of the influencers in the space, it's basically cannabis is going to solve all of your problems, make you rich and cure cancer. It's going to send us to the moon somehow. Uh, not true whatsoever. Uh, but what you want to do is be a reliable uh, educational presence in the space. And I think a lot of the dry brush in the industry will eventually burn away. Uh, and yeah. the remaining players are going to be the ones who um, are, are pretty, you know, middle of the road, sensible uh, and uh, understanding of, of the right way to message. Um, so, you know, we're doing our best. We're talking a lot about our business. We're talking a lot about um, what we think sets us apart uh, in terms of what the actual product can do. We're talking about um, what other people are feeling and how they're seeing the product. Uh, we have not gotten ourselves into that much trouble, but uh, I'll tell you what, uh, Instagram and Facebook could not pay them to take the money I'm trying to give them uh, to boost our posts. <laughs> it's just not going to yeah. happen. Yeah, um, never. So that's mm -hmm. basically where we're at. Yeah. I, so I we're refining a lot of that, but, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. We're refining a lot of the, that, but um, organic reach is the best way that we're, we're finding that we're, we're uh, able to connect with people, even just DMing, forming relationships. And then you, it, it's a hustle. It's a grind. It's an everyday exactly. thing. You have to be on social yeah. every day, but we're doing our best. No, yeah. I, I think, I think today on, on Eternal Hemp Stories, I saw uh, some content from uh, Jersey Plant Babe. Was that the right handle? Yep. 
uh, yep. fantastic in, informative stuff. And it, it sucks because anytime you even think of creating an ad or you go to make a post, it's almost like that Super Mario Brothers gift that's going around of the impossible level because you don't know <laughs> what to avoid anymore. So it's, it's, right. it's just crazy. Um, mm. I wanted to make sure we got your take on this too, Andrew. Yeah, sure. I, we, we could talk to you all day. Uh, we're just having a great time here. But Likewise. you uh, being a medical card holder in the state of New Jersey, uh, what do you make of of the the medical program as it stands, and 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 what they're you know implementing? Sure. Um, well, listen. Uh, shout out to Governor Murphy uh, mm -hmm. for writing me back when I wrote him a letter about legalization of marijuana a couple of years ago. Um, uh, basically, when I moved, I, I'm during COVID, I moved back from Chicago where I'd been living and working in uh, that advertising space for a little bit. I came back to New Jersey, um, and Chicago, Illinois is an illegal, Illinois is a legal state. Uh, mm -hmm. coming back here, uh, to a medical state, I was finding I, I'm, I'm using cannabis as medicine from time to time. Uh, that's the reality. And coming back here, uh, I needed an option for that. And, and now that we have the medical program established, uh, that seemed like a decent option for me. Uh, so I signed up for the program, uh, was able to get a card really quickly, uh, and that was the good part, and that's the good news. Um, there's other pieces of good news here, too, as well. I think that there's a lot of uh, great vendors in the New Jersey area. Uh, there's not that many, and not all of them are outstanding, in my opinion, but some of them are, uh, and most of them happen to be right at the Jersey Shore, which is close to me. Um, but I am finding that uh, my expectations of the program were a little bit different than what I thought they would be. Um, and this is not speaking to anybody or anything specifically, but um, I am a medical patient because I'm looking to become a medical patient. I'm not someone who is there just looking for recreational weed or, or anything to that effect. Um, I have dealt with, as many of us have in our modern conditions, uh, free-floating anxiety, depression. We've all got uh, things in our lives that are tough. And um, whatever the reason that you might want to be using cannabis or marijuana, um, I have found that when I'm going to uh, some of these dispensaries and having conversations with some of the uh, professionals there, uh, a lot of the time you're getting some of the same answers, which is, well, sativa is going to make you feel a little bit more up and the kill will make you feel more down. I'm like, well, myth. I'm looking for something. <laughs> myth, uh, complete myth, by myth. the way. Erroneous, completely mm -hmm. erroneous, as I say behind my mask. Um, but number <laughs> two is that um, I'm looking for something that's not going to knock me on my ass or, or make me a little bit more anxious or paranoid, take me in the other direction. That's the reason I got off of uh, any antidepressants that I was uh, prescribed back, back in the day. Um, so I'm finding that there is, to me, a little bit of disappointment in the system and that the medical program, to me, at least me, myself, and I only am saying this, uh, does feel a little bit more like, uh, you know, a corporate play, uh, yeah. a, a business play, uh, more of a, a money-making uh, situation, which is fine. Um, I can educate myself, but I think the education, the actual benefits to the medical patients, uh, it depends on where you are, who you're speaking to, and I think that can be a little bit more uniform. Um, and I also think, I don't want to say that there's not enough, uh, the food is terrible and there's not enough of it, uh, but I would also say that there's not enough dispensaries in the area yeah. on any given day if there's a computer issue, which there has been repeatedly recently. Uh, at one dispensary, you're going to see lines around the block at other dispensaries. Wow. Mm. So okay. we can deal with that too. Yeah. Yeah, we could do a whole show on the capitalism and cannabis clash if we want to, but let's save that yeah. for another day. Since we're <laughs> sure. Yeah, you we're know, having a good chat now. You know, when, it, when Andrew said there's not enough dispensaries, I just I just look across the way here and I see someone shaking his head. Yes. Uh, and it's it's I think it's about time since since mm -hmm. Andrew uh, used the term earlier that that we bring in uh, our one of our favorite Jersey guys for now, forever, for always uh, producer extraordinaire. Frankie, fifth year. Frankie, I know that Andrew uh, wanted to talk. To <laughs> he wanted to say hello because you guys, you know, we all talked when we were in New York. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great. Thanks for including me. Hey, Andrew. Good to see you again. Frankie, fifth year. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing well. You don't call. You don't write. You don't. <laughs> you didn't pick up the tray of food I left at the Javits Center for you? <laughs> yeah, I, I, were those cutlets for me? <laughs> yes, they were. Yes, they were. And they right. cost us pretty penny. Oh, boy, howdy. If Frank's Sorry, around, it. if Frank's around Andrew and there's cutlets, they're not for anybody but Frank. Trust me. <laughs> they're just for Frank. Um, uh, this has been a great show. We, we, we've loved it. I wanted to ask you, are you doing any more? Are you going to be out and about uh, at more shows? Do you have plans uh, for, to represent Eternal Hemp here on the East Coast in the new year? 
Uh, we sure do. So I'm pulling together a calendar of events right now. We hope to be at the CWCB Expo, of course, uh, where we met you last year. Uh, we will be at MJ BizCon. Will we get a table? I'm not entirely sure. I was certain of it until I listened to your episode on uh, conventions and now we were thinking a lot of the economics behind that and a lot of... Uh, Sorry, you know, MJ uh, Biz. The yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're really hurting. They just got acquired yeah. yesterday. Yeah, Huge yeah, deal. yeah, yeah. Poor, I, poor guys. Sorry to hear about that. Um, but yeah, so we, we will be at conventions. Um, there are a couple of other projects that we're getting into and I don't want to drop buzzwords, but we do have something going on uh, with a buddy of mine who's actually an animator at Pixar uh, in the nft space we're really excited about that that nice. will also get back to the community uh and we're more than excited to be telling people about that within about a month or two um and we are yeah there's there's a lot to be excited about in our space right now well good because look i i know i speak for this entire team here um uh you you guys are really easy to root for and you in particular uh i can't i can't thank you enough for joining us and for sharing your your insight uh, and your expertise here. Like I, I am so excited to see what, what 2022 holds for eternal hemp uh, for Lucy's and yeah, you're going to see, you're going to see our faces at CWCB expo uh, in June. Uh, Mike and Francesca give you the last word to Andrew before we sign off here. I think we're going to be seeing a lot of Andrew everywhere. I have a feeling that this young man is going to make some waves in this industry. So I can't wait to see what you do, Andrew. You've got a great, company behind you you've got a great product line you guys have obviously a clear vision of where you want to be and uh i'm going to be excited to see what happens and and i i think it's going to be really exciting great things thanks mike i appreciate it definitely holding holding an eternal flame for (laughs) (laughs) with that late in the game Late in the game flex by Francesca. Wow. I'm stunned by that one. Look, you can visit him online. You can visit him online. You got to change the outro music to that song now. (laughs) Give me your hand. (laughs) Look, uh, we we, we want you to go and we want you to visit Eternal Hemp uh, Farms online. Uh, Look, global shipping. They they, They ship everywhere. Great stuff, pesticide-free, frequent testing, top-to-bottom social equity programs. They've got everything in the right place, and they have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful representative in the form of Andrew Stadelberger, who's been our guest today. Andrew, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. Can't wait to do it again, hopefully. Oh, yeah. We're going to see you again. For sure. We'll see you again next time from Delahue, Delawat, Delaware. Bye-bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Tune into a major journey podcast today, where guests take listeners on journeys and immerse themselves in the roller coaster ride both in and out of the cannabis space that brought them to where they are today. Throughout our conversations, guests share valuable lessons that they've learned along the way that listeners can use to empower growth both in their personal and professional lives. Check out a major journey today on all major podcast platforms.